it out of the gate Clover there. and the okay. Lotus. So yeah, occasionally we'll use this music segment to like should, to say not only is is this not a turd, it's good, but you need to hear this. Yeah, uh, that's one of those bands I've heard of plenty of times, and I feel like I've always just been like, oh yeah, I've I've heard of them, I've never heard them. You know what I'm saying? They get uh they get put on the back shelf a lot, back burner because, and again, this will happen in the rock scene a lot. Is uh, they have a female lead singer, mm-hmm. and so like a lot of times uh, bands like that have a harder time getting taken seriously, and it, it's really weird because certain ones will do really really well. Is she hot? I honestly, I don't know. I always feel like that's one of the big things is like either a she's super hot and like uh, you know, know. I've never seen them and, and she plays very heavily into that like that's the main draw of the band or b she's very proficient at something like she's you know like well uh, she can sing like 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 uh, what's her what's her name from Hailstorm Lizzie Hale like yeah. she's a fantastic guitar player not that hot that's why she's been able to gain some notoriety if you're just a good artist sometimes it's like well that's not enough you know? um. So I'm looking at photos here. She's hot because she's all like here and she's in her rock tank top and leather pants. And like she looks like a lead singer of a band. So, you know, they all kind of right. look, you know what I mean? So she looks good. I don't know if she was. Wa- well, yeah, she's pretty hot. Like okay. she, yeah, she right. is. She's she's yeah, she's hot. But she can I mean, she can belt it out. And that's a uh, and I listened to their debut record the other day. And then I listened to this new one that they released this last year. And uh, we have a song for you called Trigger Pulse off, the, off their latest release. It's really good. All right. So we'll take a listen to that coming up at 9 o'clock. Dude, I'm excited today. And ready okay. To go. Stan's very fired up. No, ready. I am. I'm fired up. I'm All in right. a great mood today. Got okay. out, played a little golf yesterday. 52 degrees. Beautiful. Wind died down a little bit. We uh, we found ourselves out at Spring Valley, my buddy Dustin and I. And I oh, dude, we had a great day. That it, was awesome. It was nice yesterday, dude. It yeah. was just beautiful in the afternoon. It was awesome. Like, the weather was perfect. And um, there was enough people on the course that, that, you know, they were doing enough business, but it didn't feel like so crowded it was like oh my god we you know get me out of here so it was like the perfect afternoon and that happened after i was able to find to put the final touches on what i had started on sunday which was cleaning out my closet in my bedroom and dude i now have and i was actually going to ask you because people tell you not to use those those yellow like donation those you know those closed donation boxes right i don't know why people tell me not to use them but they do and, and you're just like, all right, well, I, I buy well, it. Well, I guess there's something about, I don't know, there's something, I guess there's better charities you can donate stuff to. Essentially, what's happening there is they're usually sending stuff overseas, and I think uh, that's what a lot of people are like, well, I'd, ra- I'd rather have something stay in, and no matter what you do, there's going to be an argument against it. Yeah, there's going to be a true. point of like, oh, I don't know. Let's see, dude, that, that guy, that charity makes a salary. Well, well, well yeah, 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 you I mean, want somebody uh, good running the charity? Uh, of course. Um, Goodwill's obviously going to be an option for you, but then people are going to be like, like, they profit. Well, I mean, but like I said, I mean, I, do you want, I, I hear you. Do you want people to make money, but I don't know. Okay, I, I, get- dude, I, I was able to get three bags full of things out of my closet that no longer fit because I've lost enough weight. Where it's like, dude, I can't wear that. Like, legitimately, like I was always kind of in between an XL and a two XL and and a lot of things. But like officially now, like t-shirts, like dude, I can't. Like I was working out in a two XL t-shirt the other day at the Swimming gym, it, huh? and I looked mad. Uh, yeah, I just looked puny in it. Like I was like, oh my god, like this is officially happened now. Where it's like I can actually see it. Like I'll take my shirt off and sit on like the couch, and I can see like ripples in my body, and like, oh, dude, we're starting to get formation. Jeez. And so, yeah, no. Well, like, are we gonna have the Stansberry uh, before and after picks? When are those coming out? Well, Jeez, here's the problem. I did take a before pick. I did. Okay. I have it. Okay. It's on my phone. But it's of me in front of a mirror in my bedroom, which had not been cleaned in like a month. 
and I'm wearing nothing else but boxer briefs. And so like that, so I might have to pull the photo in tight on just like stomach and above. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be like, of all the things that they're going to look at at that photo and be like, ugh, I don't think it's going to be, oh dude, man, look at this guy's mirror over here. Dude, photos are still, man. So at first it's like, yeah, look at him, he's fat. And then next thing you know, it's passed around, retweeted, you know, regrammed. And it's like, look, what's that in the corner? And what is that? And like, ah, so dude, I'm worried about that. Because I did take one the other day, and I looked at them side by side, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I look like uh, like I definitely look different. Like I don't, I can't be like completely different person, but like I do look different." So being able to fill like it was like three bags full of things that I'm gonna you know take and donate today. A that feels kind of good that I'll be able to help somebody else out. But B, it's like man, it feels good that dude to sacrifice to do all the stuff that sucks, which is restrict the food, not eat sugar, not do all that, and to do it, but to have it work, then it's like okay, now it's worth it. Like, if it doesn't work, then you're like, why am I doing all this? I'm just making myself miserable for no reason. But the fact that it's, like, really starting to, like, pay off. Dude, I had a really good day yesterday. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. It was actually Friday night, dude. I was walking into the Roxino. I went and saw, uh, I went and saw you know, the Great White and Warren show there. And, uh... I did. I walked through that casino floor a little bit more confidently than I have like in a while. Not like it has anything to do with that that place, but like I went out that night, wore something different, and I was like walking through there and I remember thinking to myself, like, dude, I'm walking a little taller right now. Like I like I feel a little bit more confident right now. They, they, there was obviously a huge part of my anxiety and like and 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 that kind of thing that that was definitely brought on by the fact that I thought I was such a colossal fat ass. Yeah, if you don't feel good about yourself, I mean that's going to manifest itself in a million different ways yeah, it did. obviously through your attitude. It totally did. And I realized how it happened. Like I got it, I moved back down I moved here a couple of years ago and I was like, "Well, you got to learn the city." And it was like getting into a new relationship. What do you do when you get into a new relationship? It's like, well, let's go here to eat. Let's go here to eat. And so I moved here. I was like, okay, well, dude, let's eat this. Let's eat this. Let's eat this. And I fell back into like fully being addicted to food. And I mean, you got to think the stress of, and I don't mean stress like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out, but like the stress of like a new job and a new lifestyle and a new city and all those things definitely going to play a part into something like that. So like, no, I I, I can't be surprised and that I I can't be surprised you feel better about yourself. Good for you, buddy. No, I had a, uh, I had, it's really eye-opening now the unhealthy relationship I had with food and I always thought it was funny and now that I now that I'm on the other side of it it's like I don't really think it is man like I mean I know I was able to convey it in a in a funny fashion but now that I really think about it and I see myself on the other side of it, I'm like dude, that's not all that funny actually dude it's ultimately probably the complete opposite of that your shot at a thousand dollars is every single hour on the program and from what I understand, Matt Fantone had huge problems inside of his very own house yesterday. You had uh, you had some maintenance issues with your home. We're going to find out what that's about after getting you hooked up with this thousand dollars right now. One zero six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock one zero six nine. We have uh, tickets to see uh, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie. I believe that shows July seventeenth. Blossom. We'll get you into that around eight thirty this morning. And then coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, new G-Eazy, new Willie Nelson, new Cobra and the Lotus, all part of that. I know you're excited to hear that G-Eazy song. I, uh, I, I, much like you, don't know all that much about G-Eazy, but like I feel like he's one of those guys you always hear about. Everyone's always like, dude, G-Eazy. Well, it, it's twofold there. I always hear, oh, dude, you know, you need to listen to him. He's really good. And then I hear other people say, you know, he's one of these guys who's appropriating black culture and it's not okay. And if he were a black rapper, he wouldn't get half the attention he's getting. 
Meanwhile, Jay-Z's about to sell out First Energy Stadium with his wife. So this 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 whole the black rappers don't don't get enough attention is crazy. It, that's crazy. Yeah, every once in a while, dude, you're going to have to watch people from other races kind of like mix in and kind of do things and kind of go about there. It's okay. It's perfectly all right. That's the way that's the way we're supposed to be. I could I could make the argument that appropriation is appreciation, but I know Twitter will vilify me if I do. So at 8.30, we'll send you to see Manson Zombie. And then 9 o'clock, you'll get the new G-Eazy. So you and... Uh, I, I ran into Fantone yesterday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And this time he said hello to me in public. Not, yeah. He, yeah. Didn't, he didn't ghost me at the traffic light like like on Sunday morning. Or Saturday morning, rather. That didn't happen. So I it ran did in, not happen. It did not. It to- I, I, all right. So let's, let's, okay. oh, let's reset this up. Okay. So Saturday, we're both going to this, um, this March for Our Lives event in Market Square. We see each other on McKinley at a stoplight right in front of like the Y there, which is where I was going to park because I have a parking pass for there. We're both stopped at the light. I look over, stare into his vehicle, minutes on end. He then turns, <laughs> looks into my window, turns back, looks forward, never says nothing. That's ghosting. That's what it's called. That's what you did. I I do not recall this. I was in the area at the time, so I can't necessarily argue with this being the fact. I should have taken a picture. Um, I I talked to my girlfriend about it yesterday who was in the car with me, and she was like, no, I didn't see it at all. She's like, I would have said hi to Dan. I I know she would have. I was like, well, of course. No, I couldn't get her attention. She was too busy looking straight forward. You looked right into my car window. I don't remember this. I don't. I dude. I honestly, I want to. It makes me worry about you. (laughs) Like, well, I mean, I just don't, don't. I don't think I... Put two and two together. I, maybe I didn't like look at your face. Maybe I didn't. I, I, think I don't you know. You may have been looking across the hood of my car and never actually looked into the window right. and saw who was driving it. I think that's possible. Why am I doing like, <laughs> look at this? It's now this Bruder film of like, what did Fanto do with I, his head? I don't even like recall seeing like your car because I mean, I know what your car looks like. And if I see one, usually I'll be like, oh, is that Stansberry over there? Um, but I, I, I don't, I mean, I, 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 there was nothing remarkable about it. So I really don't recall that stoplight. I, I'll tell you what's remarkable what is that is that dude you ghosted me in public that's remarkable <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody big times keep getting oh yeah dude our boss got big times <laughs> once by by somebody in target and <clears throat> he had his kid with him and he felt embarrassed because another like media personality didn't like like fawn over the fact that he was keith kennedy acknowledge the fact that they were there so, and and with his kid, he was like, dude. And I remember him saying that that was a quote. Nobody big times me in front of my kid. I was like, oh my god, dude. Nobody big time Stansberry either. No, no, no. That you're damn right. That does not happen. So I ran into you yesterday, mm-hmm. and you were all frazzled's the right word. Yeah. You were uh, you were concerned. Yeah. And you had left a few gentlemen in your home without you being there, which I don't think was smart, dude. No, I don't. That's not necessarily what had what had me the most frazzled yesterday. What had me frazzled. That, that's not necessarily. The thing is, is like, I do trust my repair guys. Like, I know both of them and have had them, oh. in, have had them in my home for the past. Oh, I didn't know that. These are the same dudes who have been there for the past five years that I've been living with. So when, when, to, to, to give this all some context, I'm very happy with where... I rent from. I, I, I very much am. They've done good by me, and I've 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 lived with these people for the past five years. Oh, dude, the same company has the house that had your apartment. They had my apartment. Oh, I didn't know that since day one, since I first moved to Canton. And I, dude, I moved to Canton. I mean, hell, it was before this show, and I mean, I was I was in even worse shape, dude. I was even yeah. I had even less money. I had nothing. So like those people very much are appreciated. But yesterday was not the best day in Casa de Fantone. Um, it all started kind of over the weekend, and uh, I I I could. 
I could I could see this water like kind of dripping down. We have those old I li- and, and and to give it some context, I guess I live in an old house. There's you know it's a 1920s house living on the southwest side over in those Canton neighborhoods there, um, and it's a rental, so I think everybody at least has some idea of what right. it is. Now, not knocking people that rent or you know where I rent from, but like at the end of the day, rental properties are rental properties, and like we all kind of know what that means. Um, so I, I started noticing like, I don't know, like this brown liquid on the cabinetry and I'm like, what, what is this? Like I'm touching it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, what is this? And the next day there's a little bit more of it. And there's like water on the, on the countertop now. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I open up the cabinetry and I start going through the stuff and everything on the top shelf third shelf and second shelf now is filled with this brown water. Jeez. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking like the cookie, like the cookie sheets, like the, you know, like all the kitchen stuff like that you keep in that cabinet. So like there. when you opened the cabinet, was it just like falling? No, it wasn't straight? like falling out. It was just dripping. Now, if I, I, find, uh, okay. I, I find out what happened here is, and I, I, I guess that there's something wrong with the bathroom sink where it was dripping water and this water was just slowly yet surely going through the bottom of the of the bathroom. Is so is this the bathroom then is your bathroom on the opposite side of the kitchen wall or is it the one upstairs? Upstairs, okay, right above right, me. Okay. So that's all dripping down. Oh. And as it's dripping down, it's like Picking up asbestos and you know what I'm saying? Whatever the hell <laughs> like else it whatever, can grab. Whatever that house made yeah. out of 1920 is. So yesterday I, I I finally like, I mean, it's to the point where like I put towels up there. It's over the weekend. I can't get a hold of anyone. Like, you know, they, they, they can't send anybody out there. So yesterday they finally come out there and they're finally like, all right, we're going to get this fixed for you. And dude, I mean, it was all day yesterday and going into today where it's like the water in the bathroom. I have a, there's a bathroom in the basement. So I was like, all right, you guys can use that. But the water in the bathroom, like I haven't showered today. Like I haven't showered today. Didn't shower yesterday. Like it's just, it's, it's. It's a little frantic over the Cassidy so fans. Home. When is that gonna? When, when are you gonna be able to shine? Coming, coming back today. Coming back today, and they said they should be able to wrap everything up and like. Dude, so your woman hasn't taken a shower in two days. Uh, Thirty six hours. I mean, I mean, because dude, here's the thing. That's gonna be harder for her than it is for you. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, dude, she has a real job. getting ready for work. Right. <laughs> right. I can wear switch pants and like whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Doesn't matter. But right. no, I mean, like, so Sunday night was the last time both of us showered. Oh uh, well, dude, if that doesn't get resolved today, call me, dude. And dude, so, you guys do come over and take a goddamn shower. It, uh, it, 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 it's one of those things that, like, on one hand, I very much am like, oh, thank God I rent because it's like. That would be really expensive. Expensive as an to take, expensive yeah. to take care of, and like it's so easy for me as as a renter, where I'm like, dude, I don't care, whatever. But at the same time, there's a there's just this part of me now that's like, dude, just buy a house and just get this over with. Quit living this lifestyle. Quit doing this. But like that concept, that that like home ownership of like, well, you got to fix this. If you do it, like you got to fix this. That terrifies me, bro. My, terrifies. So me. my buddy Jim's got a theory on that. Like he, he always tells me and dude, he's got multiple homes. He owns three of them as a matter of fact. And, uh, he rents two of them out, lives in the one, but he'll, he'll tell me all the time, Dan, unless you got 15 grand just sitting in the bank for things to go wrong, don't buy a house. It's a waste of money. 
And and, and and it's one of those things, I'm sure after you pull the trigger the first time, everyone after that, you're like, yeah, of course, I'll go buy a house. It's not that big of a deal. But like, and I know it's it's it's, it's probably a little... Um, You've never owned a home, right? In my entire life. I've never been a homeowner. So me there's either. So there's that, I just can't... It makes like, me feel like such a loser. I, like I, when I say I've never been a homeowner at my age, I feel like a complete loser. With that being said though, it almost feels like more of a loser than somebody who had like their home foreclosed on or who had to like get out of a bad situation yes. there. Or like... That at least sh- you had it. That should... But that should not be the case because I know. In, at the end of the day, all they did was rent there, essentially, right? Yes. I mean, what's the difference between ownership fair and point. renting if you're just going to get it taken away by the no, bank? that's a fair point. You know what I'm saying? So, like, no, you shouldn't feel that way, but I agree with you 100%. I'm like, dude, you're in your mid-30s and you have never owned a home before? And I'm like, no, man, I don't want to do it. Like, guys will, like, routinely, like, we'll be talking about something, whatever. I don't care what it is. But, like, the finances will be part of it. And guys who listen to this show, a lot of them will be, like, 24 to, like, 28. Like in that zone where you should just be blacked out and park bar parking lots, don't know who you slept next to, like that whole thing. They're like, no, dude, I've had a house for like five years. You know what I mean? I got all this stuff. I got all these things. I'm like, what did I do? Now, the one thing I will say is that working in an industry that Dan and I work in, it makes it a little bit more difficult to to view anywhere as like, all right, this is where I'm. Gonna... I've never seen a radio guy buy a house and not get fired. And I know that's ever. Then that's that's another, ever. That's another one of those things where it's like, you, I want to do it at this point in my life. I feel like no, man. I feel good in this city. I feel like this is you know the relationship I want to be in. I feel well, like this company's ten billion in debt, dude. They need to get it back. <laughs> They'll happy to fire like, you, dude. Buy the house. That's that's what I'm saying. It's just one of those things that I I, I don't want to rent anymore but there's a part of me that's like dude this is just a you you never have to fix anything you never have to be responsible for anything you never have to take care of anything and it's appealing it is yeah there's freedom in that and it's worth something i don't know if it's worth not owning a home but there is because again i i just don't know the other side of it i'm kind of going through a, a little bit of a similar thing here nothing's wrong with my apartment but like i've been thinking more and more lately like i want to get out of it Right. Like, I just don't enjoy living in my apartment as much as I once did. And that it's all right. I've been there almost four years. It's okay. It's maybe time for oh, a change. Oh, yeah. I think there's eventually a time when most people in an apartment situation where it's like, even if you're moving to another apartment, you just need to change You just got to switch right. things on, right? right. And, and I probably have one of the nicer apartments downtown. I mean, dude, everybody that comes in my building is like, dude, I love your building. I, dude, you know what? Three years ago when you first moved down here, I'm going to agree with you. But God, have you seen that Hercules building over there? Yeah, but dude, it's way. I, all right. Swanky. I have. I. I yes. And I am. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to call and make an appointment. I do actually want to be walked all the way through it. But dude, you're further away from downtown than I am already. Right. 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 There. There's a couple other things that I that I think living right there would be challenging for me. I, I don't know about everybody, but it would be challenging for me with when I wake up and some of the right. noise things that are going to happen right there. Um. That, that. That. And dude, I just. It. They're going to rent it out. So, like, I, it, this is just me. I, I guess maybe I'm just cheap, but I just, when I hear some of the finances of it, I'm just like, wow, that sounds like a lot of money to me. Oh, yeah. But, but mean, they're going to rent it out. So, like, I, I'm not, you know what I mean? But that's what I, I mean, I, that's what I said about the Onesto and Bliss and all this other stuff, too. And, and there's, fine, dude, fine. there's a waiting list. Right. So, it's like, I'm obviously wrong there. It's just money I don't want to spend. But I have a similar situation in the, that my rental agency has multiple homes. And, there is a house on Cleveland, not far outside of downtown, that I want that they have available for rent, but it's big. It's like massive. It's four bedrooms, 
and it's a little bit more money than I want to spend. And I thought to myself, it's like, dude, well, if you weren't such a pathetic loser and you had a living girlfriend, you could easily pull this house off and you could be out of here. You could have a dog. You could have these things you want. But you're a miserable son of a bitch that doesn't talk to anybody when you leave goddamn work. <laughs> and so, like, you don't know anybody. Although, dude, I've been better about that. Like, dude, I started talking to dudes on the golf course yesterday. I've been talking to dudes at the gym. And I realized, <laughs> dude, I, I am. I'm turning into one of these people I hate where it's like, dude, shut up. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Maybe stop talking to dudes, man. Maybe that's the problem. Well, I only I'm go- find a girlfriend talking to all these dudes. Well, there's not a lot of women on the golf course, man. You um, know and I mean? no, that's how you open up your social circle. So no, keep talking to dudes. Eventually they'll turn into chicks. I, you know, sooner or later, like you'll meet a chick through that. A listener of ours says on Twitter that he heard on the news yesterday that 40% of Gen X, that would be me. I'm yeah. a Gen Xer, cannot afford a down payment on a home. Wow. I uh, Well, did, didn't we find out the other day that most of Americans don't have $1,000 in their savings right. account? So I guess that this shouldn't be crazy. But weren't you just telling me something about what it takes to buy a home in Canton, Ohio the other day? Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Now, this is a, this is Canton, and this is through a certain bank and a, a program. I think it's called the Hometown Loan. You have to be a first-time home buyer, but all you need is a 580 credit score, which I would think most people have. I would think, but I, I don't know. Um, uh, dude, I think you'd be surprised. And, and 3% down. What? So 3% down and 580 credit score. Now, the reason, and, and you don't you don't have to pay that monthly. Uh, dude, how are we not headed for another housing crash? Oh, what, a big part of what that is, is Canton's trying to get people to live in the city now. Right. You're trying to get people to move into Canton proper, so you're sure. obviously going to make incentives for people to come. The tax base will and get bigger, right. right. tax base gets bigger, then all of a sudden you don't have as many renters, and, and, and you have people who are going to make investments into their property and stuff Actually, like that. Actually, home value will go up. It, right. it, make, it makes sense, sure. but it is very much. You look at it, and it seems almost like a little flimsy, uh, dude. A five eighty credit score and three percent down. But you think about that, and how much how much house you can buy in Canton for a hundred thousand dollars? Oh, dude, my my old neighbor Marcus. Well, I mean, did it, and it's like, dude, every time I go over to his house, I'm like, Jesus, dude. And I think about that, it's like. I should be able to afford this all day. Now, even double that, a $200,000 house in Canton, that is going to be a pretty damn nice house. All you need is 6000 bucks for that up front. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, that math, you start adding it up and... I'm chopping heads off in the sales department today, dude. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. You want a video to go viral? Stansbury's going full Viking in the sales department. 9.05. Well, 10.05. Let's be honest about when that's, when that's going to have to happen. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. You guys hang. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new GEZ, new Willie Nelson, new Cobra and the Lotus. That's uh, presented by... The Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there. We're always telling you uh, all the great stuff that's coming there. We're always like tipping the hat to those guys about all the great shows that are coming there. And dude, I didn't realize this. My friend Lena just sent me this. That the Hard Rock's bringing in a show that I'm going to be very excited about. Um, and this may shock some of you that don't know a lot of my, my musical tastes. But the Gin Blossoms are going to play June 14th at the Hard Rock. And now I, now I love them. I do. I actually really like the Jim Blossoms a lot, but there's a band opening up for them that I do that might be one of my favorite bands maybe ever. Tonic is going to open that show, and I love that band. Lemon Parade might be my favorite album of 1996. That's saying a mouthful there, dude. The nine actually the mid 90s were pretty good musically. That might be saying a mouthful. But they actually re-released Lemon Parade in an acoustic form like a year and a half ago, and it's so good. Oh my god, I love that record. I cannot wait to go to that show. I'm excited about that one. 
The amount of people uh, during the break that wrote in to tell me that you and I are both losers because we've never owned a house is a lot. Jeez. No, guys are honest. Jeez. Like, the guy's like, dude, like, honestly, he's like, before you called yourself a pathetic loser, the first thing I thought to myself when you said you'd never owned a home is, God, he's a loser. See, I knew I shouldn't say certain things out loud. Now, I'm, dude, I'm going to be in my head about that all day. Well, I mean, like, if, if home ownership is your barometer of success, then yes, I will agree. I'm a loser, but I, I don't necessarily, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's the American dream that it once was. Well, I don't. it's not. And it, well, it's that, that's, that's a totally true statement. And one of the other things is like when they were like passing out homes, like, like business cards, like I didn't buy a home then because I was like, this doesn't see like all my friends. I remember when I was working at MMS, all my friends were buying houses, all of them. And I started going all over my friend's houses and I was like, Dude, you can't afford... What are you doing? And they're like, well, what are you talking about? I did. Got I put approved. the down payment down. Okay. I got, got approved. approved. I have the loan. It's like, well, yeah, somebody's going to give you a loan, bro. Like, but that doesn't... Like, what are you doing in here? Like, you can't afford this house. What are you thinking about? Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. People are going to, especially with their house, they're going to overbuy with it. You know what I mean? Sure. If, if, if you give me... Because I feel like with my cars in the past, people have been like, oh, okay, well, you're approved for X. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I want to stay a little bit under X. You know what I mean? But right. I feel like with your house, you're usually going to be like, well, it's the biggest purchase of my entire life. Therefore, I should, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to maximize, I'm going to maximize as much as I possibly can right there. Um, But like I said, dude, I mean, look at how many people got forced out of their homes. And I mean, like, if you're really going to be like, well, like, I'm not trying to say they're losers, but like, I don't, I, I feel like I'm in a better situation than that. Right. I mean, than not being foreclosed on. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, yes. like, I mean, say what you say what you want to say about renting, and like, like I said, there's a little bit of if you're going to have a job where flexibility is essential, like broadcasting is, where it's like if I would have bought a house, if I would have bought a house when I was 23 years old, 24 years old, and uh, I would have been giving up on this dream. You know what I mean? Right. Like that would have been that would have been the trade off for me, where it's like, well, no, I have to stay here. I can't move to California the, the, to go work on the radio. Yeah, this is a, this is a great argument. This really is because it is one of these things in life where, much like marriage, kids, a house, it restricts you, dude. And so, like, what happens then is you make these life decisions, you get locked into them, and now you're like, well, now I got to protect all this. And so, right. what do you do? You give up what you want and go do what you have to do. And you and I did kind of go. Ah, dude, I'd rather not own a house and do what I want. When I when I moved to California, I found out I got that job on a Monday and I left on a Wednesday, like that Wednesday. Forty eight hours later, I was packed, I was gone. You know what I mean? And if I would have had a home, that wouldn't have done it. Wouldn't have even been a possibility. No. Would 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 have would have never happened for me. No, so I've like, seen my brother struggle with having to move, like when his wife gets a new job or right. whatever, and he's like, "Dude, we got a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house. Though, like, what am I gonna do? I can't just like put it on the market." I mean, well, I mean, you you, you can sell, but it's gonna take time. It's time. Gonna, it's going right. It's going to it's which going, is money, right? Which is restriction. So, like, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with that guy. I don't feel like a loser at all. I don't. I do, but but there are good reasons why I didn't do it. But I will admit that I do kind of feel there are times when I'm sitting in my apartment and I only have two other people live in my building. That's it. There's three of us in there. There's nobody in my building. But when I hear stuff, I think to myself. A, I'm good enough at what I do for a living where I right. shouldn't have to deal with this where I live. Right. And you can hear the anger in my voice on that. Oh, right? Like, dude, Chopping like, heads like, off in the like I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't be ha- have to do this. Like, come on, I heart. Like, do you step up and do your part for me now. Right? So, like, there's that. Right? And we're coming up on another contract negotiation. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, start, I'm starting the language. I'm starting early. Right? So, there it is. Like, there, I do have that kind of feeling. And then there's also just, like, it's, sh- like, 
it just feels like something that you should do. And maybe that's not a good reason to do anything. It's like, no. it's like college degree, dude. I mean, it really is. I think it's very much the same thing where, yes, yeah. in the big picture, in the big picture, does it make sense for most people? Is it an accomplishment? Certainly. Um, but so many times you look at it and it's an accomplishment. Yes, but it's also an anchor. Well, I don't want to accomplish things just to do it. Like I only like I'm only interested in accomplishing things I actually would like to accomplish. Now, I would say that it, if you asked me, I would be perfectly okay spending the rest of my career right here and retiring right here in Canton, Ohio. I have no aspirations to go anywhere else. I would go somewhere else if the offer's right, and I would take a listen to some other things. I don't have a desire to do it. So I like I would buy a house and be like, dude, it's Canton forever. You know what I mean? But we just don't work in that industry. And here's the other thing. We always say that, but none of you work in that industry. Like, uh, dude, most people's jobs are flimsier than they think they are. But the big difference here is that, okay, let's say that I work at the bank and that my bank ends up for clo- getting closed on or my bank ends up closing or whatever. I can go get a job at another bank in Canton. We can't go get jobs just because. It, well, not only that, no, you actually sign a contract that says you won't work near where you work right now. You have to sign what's called a non-compete. There's limited. There's limited opportunity within broadcasting. We We're don't want almost, you anymore, but we but we know you're worth it, so we won't let the competition have you either. Almost any other job will allow you to go. Just you go know, wherever you, you can want. Go, I can go work at. Okay, well, I got fired from Speedway or my Speedway clothes. I'll go work at Marathon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can do that. With you can't necessarily do that in our job. No, there is. Uh, no, you know, you're absolutely right about that. So, okay, all right. Maybe I don't feel like such a loser. I don't feel so bad about yourself. You're all right. All right. I'm, I'm sure I'm still a loser for other things. I'm sure, I'm sure if we examined it, we could find we could find other examples of that. Your shot at $1,000 is next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Also online for you at uh, WRQK.com and everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations are on iHeartRadio. You can also listen to us uh, via, uh, via your Google Assistant. Say Google Play Rock 106.9. Even Alexa has Rock 106.9 built in it as well. So if you have a smart speaker, you can listen via those. You're shot at $1,000 momentarily. Uh, we do got to let you know about this first. The Camp Police Department sharing this via their Facebook page. We figured we'd uh, pass it along to you that they are looking for Zoe M. Boyd. She's a white female, uh, 140 pounds. Hair is brown, eyes are blue. They have her listed at age 14. Um, somebody has commented on the Canton Police Department's Facebook page saying that they think that her mother has posted that she is actually 15. But um, okay, but you know what I mean. She's in that age range. I just wanted to give as much information as we possibly could. Anyone with any information on uh, where Zoe may be should contact the Canton Police Department at 330-649-5800 or by texting Canton. Followed by your tip to 847-411. And again, if you follow the Canton Police Department on Facebook, you can see that post there. I can only imagine how uh, terrified her family and loved ones must be. So hopefully she comes home soon. Yeah, let's hope, uh, let's hope that happens. It's terrible. I uh, read another story here at the Canton Police Department Facebook page where another man is going to spend seven years in prison. After dragging an officer from his vehicle. Jeez. They say her man was sentenced to seven years in prison for placing a police officer in a chokehold and then dragging the officer as he drove away. Mario J. Pratt, 32, pleaded guilty 
to two counts of felonious assault, both first-degree uh, felonies and abduction, a third-degree felony. Um, three repeat violent offender specifications were dropped as a part of a plea agreement, and uh, they accepted his plea deal. They sentenced Pratt, who was facing up to 11 years in prison on each of the felonious assault counts. The abduction charge carried up to another three years. The police officers were upset with this case and very concerned that they could have lost their lives, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, This was following a December 19th traffic stop uh, on Louisiana Avenue. And Pratt had placed a Canton officer in a chokehold and dragged the officer into his vehicle as he attempted to flee. Wow. Oh, yeah, we saw some of this video, I think. And yeah, I was going to say, the story sounds familiar to me. I was going to say, I think we saw some photos of this when this first happened, but they have sentenced him. He's going to serve seven years in jail. And it's always, I, I, I don't know, it's always interesting to me, like the time people get and like these these numbers. Um, I'm always shocked that they're not more like rounded off, like just it's five, 10, 15. Like I'm surprised like we get into like sevens and sixvilles and, and things like that. It's also surprising to me, like you can hear about somebody committing a crime and it's like, man, they're going to do five years for that, but that guy's only going to do 18 months for that. Yeah. It's very strange to me how that line can be moved around like that. I mean, especially since this is an officer of the law that was involved with this, where it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong, dragging somebody from your car, yes, could certainly kill them. Um, But yeah, yeah. you just think that this would have been a situation. Now, maybe the fact that he did plead guilty as opposed to trying to fight it or something like that was maybe why there was leniency involved or something. I do think they give you a little credit on stuff like that. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel like seven years is enough there. No, not for uh, not for me. Your shot at $1,000 is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. 6.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show and Rock 106.9. We'll send you to see Manson and Zombie out at uh, Flossum July 17th. Do that at 8.30. Also, with the uh, declining uh, ratings in television, there was something on TV the other night that had massive numbers. We'll look into those at 8.30 as well. Speaking of TV, I know you're a cable cutter, but tonight, Roseanne. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty big, dude. Although, I, there is a potential for this. There is a potential for it to be very, very good, but this new-natured social media, we hate everything, to like totally trash it and not let it get off the ground. There is potential for that, and she's leaning conservative in this new in this revamp of her series. And uh, dude, social media is gonna hate that. As a matter of fact, she was on Kimmel the other night and she knocked it out of the park. Like Jimmy, like tried to lead her down the path of it. And um, he was like, you know, I'm just so surprised. You were so liberal. And she looked at Jimmy and said exactly what I've been saying all along, which is, dude, I didn't change, Jimmy. You all changed. You become so lunatic, nobody can stand next to you. I'm expanding on her point there. But, you know, she said, look, Jimmy, I'm the same person. You guys changed. And that's exactly what's happened inside that party. It's exactly what's happened. So I'm interested to see Roseanne. I, um, It will obviously be all over the Internet tomorrow, and I'll be able to find a feed somewhere um but i am a cord cutter i do miss television i didn't think i would i do i miss watching golf i miss watching sports i and people are gonna tweet me and tell me all these things i can do to steal and all this stuff i don't want to steal i i really don't want to i i try not to it's 
I feel like the, the stealing of music and movies and you know, things and free entertainment is what's made entertainment suck, and it's why things aren't as good as they used to be because nobody's making enough money off of it anymore, and so they don't care about it as much anymore, so they just slap things together and put it out there because you're just going to steal it anyway, and I know it's not stealing, it's just there, and I just press play. Well, if you went into Dick's and just took something off the shelf, you'd be stealing. So that's kind of how I look at that. So I won't steal it. I will try not to, because I just, I honestly do not like that. The Browns, part of more rumors now, where there is uh, talk that they might trade out of the first pick. And there's rumors now that the Giants want to package a deal that would send Odell Beckham Jr., who's coming off an injury, threatening to hold out, has some issues um, about sending him to the Cleveland Browns. In lieu of the first pick. Now, the, the the theory I'm hearing is is that, according to the Dan Patrick show, that the Giants love Sam Darnold, that they want Sam Darnold, and that the Browns are playing along like they really like Sam Darnold because they know that's the smart thing to do right now. But in reality, that the Browns really like Josh Allen from Wyoming, and that they know they got Tyrod Taylor for now, and Josh Allen has what they, and people always talk about this with college ads, high ceiling. He's got the highest ceiling, which I don't, I mean, I guess. They, they, there has been a theory by NFL scouts in years past that if you don't complete 63% of your passes in college, you will not be a good NFL quarterback. They've run it. There's like a thousand guys that they've shown you who have failed, who who were great college quarterbacks, who could, like people thought were going to be great and just weren't. And then there's like a, they'll show you all the guys that threw over 63%, and they're all the heavy hitters. Andrew Lux, they're all the heavy hitters, right? And so there's that theory. And Josh Allen, I think, completed somewhere around 58% of his college passes in a division that, I mean, he was playing nobody. I mean, like, nobody. And what people say is, well, who was he throwing to? He didn't have any, he didn't have any teammates. And it's like, well, can they make that argument about a lot of college quarterbacks? That a lot of these programs aren't real good at every position? That's why it's college football, is because not everybody's a pro. So, like, I, I, I worry about the Josh Allen thing there. And Odell Beckham Jr. can be a headache for sure. And I mean a headache. But you look the other way on some headache stuff for a guy that's legitimately next level. What's the deal that we're talking about here? Is it Odell Beckham Jr. and the number two pick for the number one pick? Because I, if that's the case, how do you not take it? I hear it's the, I hear it's the second pick. What we'll do is we'll pick we'll give them the first pick, the Giants. Okay, we get the second pick. Okay, we trade a third and two four fourth round picks and give up Corey Coleman. So you see what happens there? You still pick second, so you still probably get your, your quarterback there. Right, and then the theory is what you do is you take Josh Allen at two, Saquon Barkley at four. You sit Josh Allen for two years behind Tyrod Taylor, let him learn. They say he's a Ben Roethlisberger prototype. That is a mouthful. Ben is going to stroll, stroll. Ben will moonwalk in the Canton, moonwalk. So like Josh Allen, a Ben Roethlisberger prototype. That is a mouthful. Like let's be careful about that. You think Ben's really a first ballot? Oh yeah. Yeah, two Super Bowls, dude. They've been dominant in the division for a decade plus. Without him, they're a mess. Uh, yeah, I, dude. I think. Yeah, I, I think. I think he's. I think he's the real deal. I think Ben Roethlisberger is widely considered to be probably the third best quarterback in the league. 
And, and so, yeah, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, absolutely I do. So I think I think calling Josh Allen a Ben Roethlisberger prototype, let's, I mean, dude, if that's what he ends up being, that's great. And I'm not saying he can't be that. I'm just saying that's a that's a lot for a guy that they say is not ready right now. Um, the the way I mean the way that, that that trade is proposed of you get a legitimate NFL stud receiver in Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. I mean a, a a person who can go out and make plays and I know like well contract negotiations and things like that and while well, is he going to want to be in Cleveland and all these different issues that you can have there um, you got to pull the trigger sometimes and. Uh, if you have the opportunity to walk away with a franchise quarterback, a stud wide receiver, and you still have the fourth pick, and if that's Barkley, fine. If that's, I mean, the million different guys that that could be, or the three or four different guys that that could be, you still have that fourth pick. I don't see how the Browns could walk away from that. I, I that's that's an offer too sweet to refuse. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> I yeah, I mean he's great. And dude, now you're talking Landry, Gordon, and Beckham. Right. And Corey Coleman go be damned. Like get it well, who cares? Problem there is can only throw the ball so many times. Now I got three guys, dude, who I gotta feed. And dude, Odell's this guy, though. He is. Like you can't discount his head issues. Like he's this guy. If you don't give him the ball, dude, he freaks out. Fair. I mean, yes, and you only have one football, but at the same time, that's a better problem to have than like, well, We've got Corey Coleman over here. You know what no, I'm that's, saying? Okay, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. If you're talking about which is a better problem to have, yes. But I think you will have issues with Odell Beckham Jr. in the locker room. I just don't. Th- I mean, dude, he plays in the biggest market there is for an esteemed franchise, and he still can't find a way to be happy. So, like, there's going to be that. But this argument, I heard this a lot yesterday on social media. Don't trade for Odell Beckham Jr. He doesn't want to be here. Guys, nobody wants to be here. Nobody wants to be here. And if you constantly are afraid to put a roster together, then nobody's ever going to want to play here. Right. You got to pull the trigger eventually. You got to swing the bat. You got to put the roster together. And then guys might go, dude, like, here's the thing. I'll give you a perfect example. We'll go right back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You think anybody wants to live in Pittsburgh? No. Pittsburgh's Cleveland. It's the same goddamn city. True. The same exact Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Cleveland. They're all the goddamn same. There's no differences in them. We hate each other because of how similar we are and because the sports are played between them. That's it. They're the same city. Nobody wants to live in Pittsburgh either, but you want to play for the Steelers. Yeah, dude. I mean, the football season is four months long. You're gone for half of it. You know what this is? Is that people think people think that these guys like live here and care about it. They don't care. No, I mean you're 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 gonna you're gonna rent a house for six months. You know what I mean? Like that that's what's gonna happen. It's not like it's not. And I don't know. Maybe maybe Odell Beckham Jr. looks at this and kind of thinks that like, hey, a new start. I can go somewhere where the media attention won't necessarily be what it is here. Like this is an opportunity of like of, that's assuming that know. that's what he wants, yeah. which would be I I'd be surprised to find that that's who he is. But if that's the case, then yeah, you're right. Um, I uh, I just think a guy who smokes blunts in a bed with a model and puts it on the internet knows that doesn't care about the media attention. He doesn't necessarily care about the media attention, but it's not like you can't you know you know smoke a couple blunts, do a couple of lines up there in beautiful Play Cleveland, Cleveland right. Ohio. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, that's a possibility up there at Cleveland. Um, The thing about the Browns, and 
you know, you bring up Josh Allen, you bring up Sam Darnold, and like, who are they going to pick? What's going to happen? Do the thing about the Browns, and I feel like it's a little slept on, and there's a reason why that I feel really, really good about is the signing of backup quarterback Drew Stanton. Yeah, underreported, but was a good move. The reason why I'm so excited about it, and this is honestly the thing that's happened in the offseason that really makes me like think that the Browns are getting things together. And I know I've been a naysayer in the past, and I know I've been a a a, a almost a what do I want to say? Uh, a pessimist and a a I've laughed at the Browns before. Yes. Um, but I feel like this is a sign of the of the regime knowing what they're doing because whether it's Josh Allen or it's Sam Darnold, with Drew Stanton in the backup position, there will be no Darnold. Darnold. If Taylor blows his knee out in the second game, nobody's going to be able to be like, well, we're going to Sam Darnold. We're going to Josh well, Allen. All right. Hey, yes, the fans are still going to want the rookie, but the, the plan will be to put Drew Stanton in. Right. Yes. No, right. you're right and, about and, that. And, and that, honestly, is reg- good. Regardless whether it's, it's Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or whoever they pick, they're committing right now that there is going to be a quarterback in front of you, bro. You are third in line. You stand there with a the clipboard, which is exactly where you need a rookie quarterback to be I in this agree. situation. Is this is exactly what I said Dorsey was going to do. He's going to go get you veterans. I hope Drew Stanton does not play, but I already am like, dude, I want a Drew Stanton jersey. Like, I do. I am so, I am so happy with that move by management. I honestly feel like, well, dude, this might be the thing that has me convinced that the Browns are turning it around. Chris brings up a great point. Dude, is Odell Beckham Jr. the guy you want around Josh Gordon right now? Is that the influence you want around Josh Gordon? Dude, you got, well, you're trying to get a guy off of weed? To stop smoking weed during the season, you're going to go get a wide receiver who was just caught in bed with a model smoking blunts, was caught on a boat last year before a playoff game. Now, he wasn't holding marijuana, but all the rappers on the boat standing right next to him were. So what do you think was happening? You think Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't smoking that weed? Yeah, he was. Now, I obviously, guys, you know my position on marijuana. It should be legalized, for Christ's sake. And these guys should be able to smoke weed and not have to take Vicodin all goddamn day so their knees don't fall off. But that's not the league. The, the league, rules are the rules. But the rules are the rules. Because why? Well, because everybody's in the pocket of the drug company. Right? I mean, that's, exa- I mean, that's exactly why these guys got to take all that stuff. That's exactly why. But, dude, so you're not allowed to do this stuff. So there is a good argument where it's like, dude, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is not the guy you want around. But the flip side to that argument, Chris, and what a lot of people are going to say is, and they're going to be right about it, is that's on Josh Gordon, bro. You know how many guys in the NFL smoke weed? Yeah, and if, 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 if Odell Beckham Jr. you think is going to be the guy that pushes him too far, I mean... Then, then something was going to push him too far. Right. You, you can't tell me right now that there's not another dude in the Browns locker room that is, smokes weed. I mean... And again, this is going back 10 plus years when I got the information from somebody who was in the program. You all know who I'm talking about. The math was then, and I don't know, maybe now the math has changed since we got more addicts than ever. Maybe the math has changed. But one out of eight people to try to get sober stay sober. One out of eight. Dude, the odds are against you. It's like being they say it's like being strapped to a bomb. Sooner or later, bomb's going off. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So I I and I would suspect, me personally, that Josh Gordon is not off marijuana. Now, I'm a pessimist. I am. Full disclosure. I have a hard time seeing the greatness in people. I normally look and go, well, dude, look at that, but look at that, and that's kind of falling down on the gig right there, and that's not so great. That's normally who I am. Full disclosure. But if Odell Beckham Jr. is going to make Josh Gordon smoke weed, then Josh Gordon was going to smoke weed and blow it. That's just who it is. It comes down to you, bro. You either want it or you don't. It just it does come down to you. Your shot at Manson Zombie tickets, that's 830 
on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 810, your next opportunity at $1,000, part of our $480,000 giveaway. Wow, that's a lot of money. I don't... Something's been invented I don't think we need. All right. And I guess this is a Kickstarter campaign. If you guys don't know, Kickstarter's kind of like GoFundMe for a business. It's like you create an idea, you think it's going to be great, but everybody else has to pay for you to turn it into an idea. It's like one of those, right? And apparently there's people that think we need another version of ketchup. And... Apparently, is it is it Bo's original slice sauce is what it's called. They said they want to take the mess out of ketchup and make it easier to take the condiment with you anywhere you go. Most places I need ketchup. I feel like I have ketchup. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't find myself in the world where it's like, son of a bitch, where do I get some ketchup from? Uh, well, the bottles are pretty easily movable. Um, we already have ketchup packets, which yeah. are super mobile. Yeah. I mean, you can buy those in the store and take them with you. They even upgraded the uh, the ketchup packet now. Like some places have that one where you can peel the top off and, and you it's can like dip a dipper, in there. Right. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, dude, ketchup honestly has kind of stepped its game up in a lot of ways recently. It's been updated. I know George Costanza would tell you there's been no update in, in toilet paper. Where I feel like ketchup has been updated a couple of times. You're right. So apparently what Bo's slice of sauce is, is that it is a slice of ketchup. So it would be packaged mm. much like <laughs> much like processed cheese, like American cheese. All right. It would be, it would be packaged and, pro- and sold to you much like that in a package and then individually wrapped inside said package. Now, so obviously it's like dry, right? I mean, it's not the liquidy ketchup. It's red, looks like ketchup. It's in a slice form. So, yes, it's more of a solid base. At this, uh. The photo I've been seeing circulating around the internet is that it looks like a fruit roll-up is how it looks. Uh. <laughs> I have never heard anything that sounds more disgusting in my life. Now, I probably, I would say... That ketchup and barbecue sauce are probably my two favorite condiments. Mayonnaise is pretty close. That one's pretty good. Mayonnaise makes things taste really good. But, like, ketchup is probably my all-star of condiments. Now, I am in, I am a non-condiment person right now. Like, I don't, I because I've been trying to lose weight, I stay away from the condiments. Especially ketchup because, again, it's like a tablespoon of that. I'm looking at it right here. A tablespoon of that is 20 calories and three over three and a half grams of sugar. That's a lot. That is a dude. That is both a lot of calories and a lot of sugar for a tablespoon of anything. And let's be honest, who's applying a tablespoon of ketchup to something? You're not. You're turning that bottle upside down, squeezing the hell out of it, and then mopping everything on your plate up with it. And use and it, all it is is just a big pile of sugar. And so, like, sugar's been my the, the one I've been trying to get rid of the most in my diet and helping me lose weight, and it's worked. It really works. Um, and so, like, I'm 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 off condiments right now. But ketchup would be my favorite one, and I feel like it doesn't need to be toyed with at all, that it's delicious. I just don't understand what the need for this is. Like, I, 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 I guess, like, 
What is this more convenient for? Like moms on the go who are so busy making, you know, their kids bologna sandwich, they don't have the time to like squirt a bottle onto it. You know what I mean? Like that's most times there's like, all right, there's a purpose for this. I don't see what the purpose of this. Okay. The selling point they say is that liquid ketchup Fantone messy spills out out of your sandwich and onto your dress shirt when you take a bite out of your cheeseburger. They say with slice of sauce, you can cut down on the mess plus bring it anywhere because it does not need to be refrigerated. Oh, that doesn't. <laughs> but also, it should be pointed out, ketchup packets don't have to be refrigerated either. Oh. Bose Fine Foods boasts that the sauce slices won't make your sandwich soggy. I have never once put ketchup on something and felt like it made something soggier. But that, but that's not enough for me. I mean, listen, now it's America. You go ahead and do whatever the hell you want with your with your burger. I, fine. Um, but I, I just don't understand this concept of like, well, it's more transportable. Like, why? I'm not transporting anything. I don't need to transport it. Normally, if I'm transporting my food that needs ketchup, it's in a bag that somebody handed me through a window and it's got ketchup on it. Um. Now, and let's be real, too. If you're talking about packing lunches and maybe the concept of like, all right, I make my kid a sandwich and I don't want the bread to get like soaked through by okay, what sandwich are you making for your kid that goes to school that you're putting ketchup on? I was going to say not many of them. I mean, my mom's dad and dude, my mom's family, like I, and so many of them live here in the area and I, they get so mad when I say this, but dude, my mom's family was kind of super rednecky like they were. My dad used to make fun of like, the, you know, like the clampets is what he used to call them. They were kind of super rednecky. And so, like, my mom's dad would put ketchup on, like, salami sandwiches. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, I think th- I think there is some... some that but, is so gross. But if you're, if you're the kind of person who's going to be putting ketchup on a bologna sandwich, like, you're, you're probably not going to be able to afford these ketchup slices anyway. And you're not in sixth grade. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I just don't understand who, who is the, who's the target audience for ketchup slices. They say the recipe for, here it is, the vegan GMO-free tomato sauce slices was perfected by Los Angeles-based food entrepreneur Emily Williams. Now, she got some financial help by her business partner, and the Kickstarter campaign started about 30 days ago and has already secured $16,000 after surpassing the goal of fifteen. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. I can't believe that many people were like, you know what? Here's a little bit of money. You can, Justin, you can make this. Well, dude, food things can catch on fast. And, dude, if you threw $1,000, like, dude, I'll throw $1,000 at it. And in case it, bu- it bursts. Um, I would not recommend doing that with the thousand dollar giveaway coming up at eight ten. But I but you do whatever no. you want with the money. No. I wonder if that would be good. The only thing I can think of that maybe that would apply to is like in a grilled cheese. If you put that in there, and then it would kind of be like a little tomato soup, a little grilled cheese right there. You know, like you got a slice of American, slice of that, slice of American. I'm gonna want it to melt together though. Would it melt? I don't know. I don't know. It looks like olive loaf. Uh, it looks like a mix of olive loaf and a, a f- fruit roll-up is the best analogy. That's what it looks like. It looks honestly like a like a tomato-flavored fruit Ugh. roll-up, which just sounds gross. Man, I'll eat just about anything. Not eating that. But no, that does not look... And let's get this out of the way. And I hope I don't upset anybody or, or hurt things for the radio station. There's one type of ketchup. One. It's Heinz. Stop with the rest of it. There are many, many products where there's multiple brands inside of it. You can go whatever you want. It's Heinz ketchup for the win every last time. Your shot at $1,000, 810 on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have $1,000 to give you. We'll do that here momentarily. I uh, 
I have some quotes here from an interview that Steven Spielberg did with ITV News. I don't know who that is, but they were big enough to get Steven Spielberg, so they must be somebody. Yeah. I mean, he's a good get. I mean, if you could get an interview, you'd want Steven Spielberg for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, I mean? I'll send an email to him, but I don't know if we're going to get him. Uh, no, probably not. That's going spam folder for sure. But he's got a problem with streaming services. He has a problem with like Hulu and Netflix and like these. I mean, Amazon's the one he lists. I should be fair to his quote, like uh, Netflix and Amazon, where he says, "If you release a movie there, that you should not then be qualified for an Oscar. That you can win an Emmy, but not an Oscar." says, I don't believe that films are just given token qualifications. In a couple of theaters for less than a week should qualify for the Academy Award nominations, he said. Spielberg um, said, once you're on a streaming SVOD, streaming video on demand business, said once you release it to a television service, you're a television movie. You're a TV movie. Christopher Nolan also, over the last few weeks, has spoken out against Netflix. There, a lot of these like serious filmmakers are worrying that guys are going to struggle to make, you know, what I mean, to to garner the money to make these movies. Well, I normally love Christopher Nolan. I normally love him. Like um, the Machinist, great movie. His Batman uh, reimaginings were great. I mean, dude, like he's normally really good. But if it would have stopped. His last movie, what was that 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 awful horror movie he made? That every or war movie, everybody said it was so good, and I watched it, and it was effing terrible. Oh, that Dunkirk movie. Dunkirk was yeah. awful. Oh my god, was that movie awful? I think that was like a so boring. I think that was a film. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, I think that's really it was not a movie. It, it, it was much more like about the production of it as opposed to like, boy, you're going to be thrilled watching this movie. Nolan called Netflix's mindless policy of re- uh, th- that's what he called their policy of releasing films simultaneously on its streaming service and in theaters at the same time. Now that does seem a little strange, but whatever. But this to me, I'll go back to Spielberg here. This to me feels like old man get off my lawn. And I get accused of this a lot, actually, because I just kind of hate on stuff sometimes. And I just I will say I just hate on things that aren't any good. But I um, like Dunkirk. But I feel like this is Spielberg recognizing that his industry is flipped over and it's completely different now. And he just doesn't like it and understands Dude, I'm one of the biggest directors, producers in the history of this medium. I can say whatever the hell I want. Yeah, it doesn't matter to him. And so he's just going to say stuff. And because he knows he doesn't need Netflix the way about a, a bunch of other directors probably do now, that he can kind of like scoff at it. But the, my problem is, is that I don't think something released on Netflix is movie of the week anymore. It felt that way when they first started, but Netflix doesn't feel that way now. Netflix feels like, dude, this is where I get my entertainment. As a matter of fact, I don't even have cable. That's all I have is Netflix. No, I, uh, I, I don't. I certainly don't have a problem with those movies. I understand the concept of like. 
No, the Oscars are for this, and if you want to win something else for your stuff, then go ahead and make your own. You know, go ahead and make your own award show. Like I get that. Well, I that's do. that. That would be a bad place to go because let me tell you what I think happens in two years. I think Netflix goes, okay, we're gonna do our award show, and you know what they'll do? They'll shut up all the actors, and they'll just give out the awards. They'll highlight. They'll put video packages up, and it won't be a three-hour gala about how much politics suck in this country. If Netflix is smart, that's exactly what they'll do. You know what? Fine, we'll. T- Take over that too. You know what, Hollywood? You keep screwing up, making the same goddamn movie over and over and over again. And you built such bad products that allowed us a a place in your business space to not only open but thrive. So if you want to give us the, the the award show thing too, fine, we'll take that and do that better than you're able to do it too. I think that's a, that you got to be careful with that. That's you're right. That that's what that's what movies and film are going to say. But in the end, I think that they, you end up getting screwed by that. And I think this is Spielberg just not understanding, ultimately, that, you know what, dude, your audience wants something different now. This would be like iHeartRadio 10 years ago going, people want to listen via their phone? Screw it. We're not doing it. That's what they want. They want an app that gives them everything. They can have it in their phone, take it wherever they go. I'm going to staunchly dig my heels in and not create iHeartRadio. Like, that would have, that, that, what a dumb idea that would have been. You know what I mean? And that feels very much like what Spielberg's doing here, and I'm going to speculate wildly right here. But is this really about not the fact that he doesn't think the movies are worth the award, or is he secretly still pissed at Netflix for stealing Stranger Things from Super 8? Is that what he's mad about because they took his movie and turned it into a series everybody loved? My guess is that's what Spielberg is really mad at Netflix about. Your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. About to pass out these Marilyn Manson Rob Zombie tickets. That show July 17th, Blossom Music Center. We'll get you hooked up. What a good summer show that is, man. Yeah, that really is, man. I mean, that's a good Blossom show, too. Both those artists, headliners, no question about it. And I mean, it's a three-plus-hour show there of a bunch of songs you love. Yeah, that'll be a good night. I'm going to that one. All right. It was um, it was the other day I had to use an analogy because people were were on me about talking about the school shooter situation, right? All right. People were like, "Why are you constantly talking about this?" And and I and I had made the analogy that it's like a sex scandal. People will tell you that they're they're over a sex scandal, that they don't want to hear about the sex scandal. Yet any publication that carries said sex scandal. Their circulation skyrockets. It's just the truth of it. People will tell you it's a lot like, again, I'll give you another analogy. I don't even like Metallica. And yet every time you play it, the ratings go through the roof. So, yes, you do. Right. There's there's a little bit of the audience will lie to you about what it is they want and do not want sometimes because they they wish they were over this sex scandal. But you're not really. And I've got perfect, perfect proof right here. As Anderson Cooper's. Interview with Stormy Daniels has handed 60 Minutes a 10-year ratings high. 10 years. Now, these are just the overnights is what they're called. Showed the episode drawing more than twice as many viewers than a typical edition of 60 Minutes. The program expected to rank as the highest rated 60 Minutes 
episode since Barack and Michelle Obama sat down for their first post-election interview in 2008, which was obviously an historic event. Like that was like, oh my God, this nation has just elected an African American president. Well, he's part white. You know what I mean. And that was monumental. Like, so I expect that to be ratings, a huge rating success. No, I'm not saying I didn't expect Stormy Daniels to pull big numbers in on 60 Minutes. I am surprised it was a 10-year high. Yeah, especially when you consider all the things going against live television right now that we've talked about in the past. Sure. Um, yeah, anytime you put up decade-high numbers, that's, that's a certainly an accomplishment. This is why... TV stations, radio shows, all this stuff. This is why we're always hammering home the same things. It's because, A, there's what happens a lot, too, especially with a radio show. is Some of you listen from the time the show starts till the time the show ends. Most people do not. Do not. Most people listen for their like 7 to 15-minute like drive on the way into work. So you hit things multiple times throughout the morning to make sure you cover your bases. And this is much like, why are people going to put Stormy Daniels on TV? This is why people are putting Stormy Daniels on TV. Because what do you want? Because, dude, we could talk about test ban treaties. We could talk about, you know, welfare reform. We could talk about immigration reform. You won't watch 60 Minutes for none of that. No. But what it was like to go down on the president, you can't wait. Popcorn ready on the lap. There it is. This is who we are. This is, this is the mentality we have for information being given to us. Just give us the salacious parts. I don't, nobody wants to see how the sausage is made. Just put it on the plate when it's done. Jeez. A lot of sausage talk there. We're storming Daniel's conversation. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, she's right. made a career out of it. All right. Um, I'm not surprised, I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, I think regardless how you feel about the president, there's a side of where you wanted to watch it. Obviously, I think a yes. lot of people tuned in because they're like, you know what, F Trump, and I want to watch him get his live on television. And I also think there's those Trump defenders who are so vehemently, you know, pro-Trump that it's like, well, I got to I got to watch this cuz I got to see what she's saying about my guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to defend him. It, I have to, you know. It hit from both sides of the plate. There's no doubt about that. There is no doubt. You're absolutely right about that. That no matter whether you love him or hate him, you wanted to see what happened there. I uh I understand people who feel like well, who cares about what he did 10 years ago, 15 years ago? And I understand that. And honestly, at the end of the day, I kinda, I'm in that camp. I kind of I kind of agree with you in the sense of like, number one, I'm not surprised that this happened. No. You know what I mean? Like, no. like so I, I, I'm surprised I, there's not 15 of them. I can't. Well, I can't be that. I'm in- talking porn stars. I can't be that interested in it. Because it's like, well, yeah, no, duh, this happened. Um, but really what it gets down to and why I think it remains news is like, it's the cover-up. It's not the crime. Yeah, but nobody's, that's why it should be news. But that's not why it's news. You know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? Is that you and I agree that that should be the story. It's not the story. Nobody cares about that part. They care about this part. And that's why predominantly the interview was focused on this part. Well, and it's, it's going to be. You know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's what and, I'm saying. And really, because I mean, of like, our appetite. We don't care about the wrongdoing. We care about the sex people are having. I, I, I mean, I still think that it's news. You know what I'm saying? If this was any other kind of 
any other kind of, of of celebrity, and it was like, hey, you know, if LeBron James was caught cheating with porn stars, huge news. It's news huge on his news. wife. It's news because you're in that position. So, like, I, I, I'm I'm okay with it being the news story. I understand where people feel like it's being overtly served or like there's too much attention on it. But at the end of the day, my issue is not with the action; it's with the cover up. Yeah, I think. But I again, I think you're in the minority. I really think you are, and I think even still, Fantone, and I think you would admit that this is true: is that there are going to be people who want to say that they feel like you do, that it's the cover-up. But in reality, it's they're obsessed about the sex that he had. I guess if you're looking at it from why it keeps drawing your attention, then yes, you can't deny it's the sex part of it. My, my, my whole thing is just the, from the legal aspect of it, from the political aspect of it, to me, it's just like, well, dude, if this was illegal, then 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 it doesn't matter whether this was a porn chick or if it was just a generic chick, you know, a waitress. Like, it, it, well, I mean, Donald Trump was a name before he was president. Donald Trump sleeping with Stormy Daniels would have been tabloid fodder, right. even if he weren't president. Right. It's two celebrities got together and had sex. We love that. We love that story. Um, I can't believe. That the Twitter fingers weren't going this morning hearing this information. I'm surprised the president hasn't been on Twitter talking about this. Relatively pretty quiet about this, right? Hasn't really said anything. Yeah, I'm shocked by that, too. Um, Impulse control, not his best suit. But I think he's crazy today over this, right? That it's the highest rated thing in 10 years? Like, that. this is driving him crazy, right? Because, dude, this the guy's ratings obsessed. He's ratings obsessed. Yes. He used to talk about the Apprentice ratings all the time, right? He's ratings obsessed. He loves being the topic of conversation, yet he's not there. They're not talking to him. He's not the one on TV. Stormy Daniels is the one everybody's talking to right now. I think there's part of it, dude, where he's such an egomaniac where it's going to make him crazy that somebody's telling his story that he didn't tell gets huge numbers. I think he spins it into, they're talking about me. Of course, they're going to be the highest ratings in the last Again, 10 years. Of course. See, we, of don't, course. Dis- see, we don't disagree here that, 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 that I think, yes, spins it that way. When sitting on the gold toilet at home, he sits there and thinks, I can't believe that porn hoe is what got these ratings. I should be the one on TV. Why not lean into it, dude? If you want those ratings, dude, do the 60 Minutes interview or the Fox News interview of like, hey, I made all these mistakes. Here's all the porn hoes and all the Playboy models that I banged out. I guarantee you if, if the Donald comes out. And he does his like rundown, and he makes his apology at the end. Of course, you have to go out there and say, you know, I'm a different. Why man do I nowadays. have him in a Ric Flair robe? <laughs> I'm, a different, I'm a different man nowadays. But dude, I mean, you want to talk about ratings bonanza right there? The Donald running down his list. All right, here's here's dude. Just let me run you through this scenario. They do the reunion show. Anderson Cooper, Stormy Daniels, Donald Trump, center stage. Right here's the 60 minutes. Charlie Rose is pissed because he was running around the building naked. He's not the one handling it. (laughs) He's mad. If Trump then said on live television into the camera, I had sex with this woman and I paid her and she ends up sitting on his lap. That is not the craziest thing the president has done all year. Like that, that 10 years ago, if a porn star would have sat on the president's lap on television, which just did not happen, I'm just running you through it, it would have been the biggest, dude, that would have broken the newspaper industry. And if he did it tomorrow, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing he's done all year. 
I, I, dude, as a guy who likes to talk about how he's right a lot, I was wrong on the Trump presidency for one thing. I remember saying, like, during the election season that, dude, come on, you guys got to admit, it will be funny. Like, it'll be a little funny. And it's been less comical than I expected it to be. I expected more throwing paper towels into the crowd. <laughs> I expected more of that and less of what we've gotten with it. I I will admit I was wrong on that, that I expected this to be more comedy-driven than it is. And then I guess I just forgot about the fact that running the country is pretty serious. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's, that, that it's pretty serious. But I'm telling you, dude, I think he's running around the White House right now and he's freaking out because the ratings were huge and he was he was the topic of conversation, yes, but was not... I think it's going to drive him crazy Stormy Daniels drove that many people to a TV. I, I, I really do. I, I understand what you're saying where he's like, you know, they're talking about me, so it's good. He'll spin it that way. But we've seen now behind the closed doors of this man. He is an egomaniac. And that's coming from a guy that does not hate him. But guys, let's be honest. He's an egomaniac. I'm telling you, I think he's miserable over that this morning. I could be wrong. Your shot at Marilyn Manson. Rob Zombie tickets right now. We'll take caller 20, 1-800-243-7625 on those. We'll be right back with more Stansberry Show. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Going to do New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. 9 o'clock. You get new GEZ featuring Charlie Puth. New Willie Nelson. New Cobra and the Lotus. Which, by the way, full disclosure, this Cobra and the Lotus is actually officially from 2017. Um, they do have a new record that will be coming out in about a month and a half, two months. And they'll be working a new single when that comes out. I'm sure I'll love it, and we'll play you that one, too. Yeah, I always think it's funny how people get caught up in, like, new music of, like, dude, that song came out six Well, that's ago. what's going to happen. It's, it's like, dude, dude like, okay. seven people in the world have heard of this band. It's okay. Like, seriously, like, they're a touring band, and they have 4,000 Twitter followers. Like, that's, I mean, they're just, they just haven't broken wide yet, right? And, but, like, the four people that know about them in Ohio are going to hit me up and be like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, I'm good. Like, that's, I mean, that's what's going to happen. That's what happens every week. Everyday listener Nicole sent me a message like, oh my gosh, Cobra and the Lotus. I'm so excited. So I'm excited for you, Nicole. Oh, good. We like Nicole. Nicole and I are probably friends. So yeah, the new co- uh, that Cobra and the Lotus song is called Trigger Pulse. It's off their their last record, Prevail. And again, the, the, the follow-up to that will be out in about a month. And uh, I'm sure they'll release something new for that. Um... So where was I? Yeah, that was it. Sorry, I, was re- I, I got you guys caught me reading an email at the same time I was talking live on the radio. Sorry, that's 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 not that's not what I'm supposed to do at all. We should probably talk about this again. That there is talk around the Browns camp of bringing Odell Beckham Jr. here. Jarvis Landry. There was a rumor, and then Landry tweeted out, "We want Beckham because people may forget." But Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. were teammates at LSU. And I think any player is going to look at it from the perspective of, is this dude going to be able to come in here and help us win games? Well, especially if you're a wide receiver, because if you're Jarvis Landry, what you're thinking is, oh my God, dude, Josh Gordon out there, Odell Beckham Jr., they got to double both them dudes. Right. My catches are going to go through the roof. All day. Like, exactly right. And so there's, I guess... The rumor I'm hearing is we would trade the Giants, who picked second in this year's draft. Right. We would trade them the first pick. We would get them the second pick. We would give them a second, a third, two four round, fourth round picks, and Corey Coleman. Sounds like a lot. 
However, Odell Beckham Jr. is great. Now, we already addressed this earlier, so if you are still listening, I apologize, but we're going to get back into it. There is the theory that Odell Beckham Jr. is a locker room cancer. I can see it. I mean, he comes with some headaches. He does. He comes with some drama. I, like some other people, maintain that I'm all right with some drama at the, at, at certain positions. I don't want my quarterback to be a mess. Like, if Odell Beckham Jr. is a little eccentric, that that's what wide receivers are. They're, I mean, dude, Michael Irvin was eccentric. Chris yeah. Carter was eccentric. Well, and here we are listing off dudes who are worth the drama there. Randy Moss. Right. All these, all these dudes are premier talents, and like... They're you, all Hall of Famers, right? Right. So, like that—that that <laughs> whole thing is—is—is is, 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 you're talking about all right. So, a third pick and a, four, or a fourth round pick and and Corey Coleman, dude. You know the amount of first round picks that bust, let alone a fourth round pick. If you could tell me, it took those three things to get a a transformative offensive playmaker. How do you not go for that? I mean, like, there's a decent chance you're right that that third and fourth pick weren't going to end up to be anything anyway. Now, why a lot of people don't like it, and I don't understand NFL contracts as well as I probably should, but I'm hearing a lot of the naysayers tell me, dude, that what's happening here is if you get him this year, he's being traded on this last year of the rookie deal, and then next year's the deal, the year you're going to have to pony up and pay him. Okay, well, again, what I would say is that part's not great. And Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be wildly expensive. For sure he is. But I like the Browns being in positions where it's like we got to worry about whether or not we're going to pay a future Hall of Fame guy. Why and why is it that other teams have the ability and the uh, the Browns have more money than anybody, correct? So like why couldn't the Browns pay him? Pay, oh, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn what these guys make. Like go ahead and pay the dude. Yes, of course. I mean, it's not like they're going to pay him more than what re- wide receivers make. So like if you're looking to pick up premier talent, you're going to have to pay them premier well, money. Why? He wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Now, now, I, now, here's the thing. I think Antonio Brown's probably better, and he's definitely available more often. Um, but he's also playing on a better team. I, and so, like, that's – that's it, dude, when you can run the ball as well as some of those guys in Pittsburgh can, you free up the, the you know, the passing game and that whole thing. But, dude, Odell Beckham Jr. is probably top three wide receivers in the league, right? I mean, yeah. he's got to be. So you're going to pay him premier money, and whether that's the highest paid or the third, third high highest paid. Third highest paid. It, what's the difference? What are we talking about here? And, I mean, yeah, you can say, like, all right, well, you know, Antonio Brown makes less money, but he's a better wide receiver. I mean, dude, look at the highest paid quarterbacks, the most important position, Garoppolo, Stafford, Carr, luck. You know, none of those dudes are Tom Brady, yet nonetheless, they all get paid that premier money. So, like, I know I, that's the cost of doing business as an NFL team is to pay dudes who might be a little bit, you know, uh, diva-ish. You gotta pay them a lot of money. I, that's what football is. Okay, now I'm being told people are hearing that it's the fourth pick, the 33rd pick, and a third in Corey Coleman. That I like less. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that at all. That that uh-huh. I like. That I like less. So I don't think it's too many. But I'm hearing uh, it's too many picks. We need a lot of help. We do need help. But nobody's going to help you. It's a passing league. Nobody's going to help you any more than Odell Beckham Jr. So, so you're trading that fourth pick for OBJ essentially. Nah, yeah, I'm not good with that. That's, yeah, right, I'm not, that I'm not one I don't love so much because in the in the in the other scenario we still pick second, so we probably still get the quarterback we want, and we have the fourth pick, 
which is what I, I would really value there. Because I guess the rumor was yesterday is what the Browns want to do is sell people on the fact that they want Darnold, but they actually like Josh Allen. And which is why they went and got Tyrod Taylor and Drew Stanton so, so Josh Allen could sit maybe a year, they're saying maybe two years, and turn him into the next big bet. If you really have a guy that you feel sold on and that guy is Josh Allen and that's who you think is the best quarterback available to you as the Cleveland Browns, then take him at number one. I think at that point, and I know it's like, well, you could sweeten the pot, but it's like, no, dude, you've 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 tried to be smart before. Take the guy that you believe in. If you don't believe in any of these guys enough, and you're like, dude, I can't decide. Is it Darnold? Is it is it Allen? Is it Darnold? Is it Allen? Is it Darnold? Is it Allen? Then fine, make the pick, and you can get stuck with what you get stuck with. But I, I if, if one of those dudes, and you say it's oh, it's Josh Allen, this is our guy, then make the goddamn pick. Yeah, you got to pick a quarterback. Lee's telling me Randy Moss still played like trash for the Raiders because he didn't want to be there. I'm willing to bet, Lee, if we go back and we look at that year, we're going to be able to find out some other things were true during that, and it's not just the fact that Randy didn't want to be there. And I said this earlier while talking about the Browns. Guys, nobody wants to play in Cleveland. Nobody. 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 But until you build the roster that where you're a winning team, nobody's ever going to want to play here. You can't be afraid to build it over the fact that people don't want to live in the city. Guys, I'm a born and raised Ohioan. Born and raised. There are, I have lived in four other places that I would prefer to live in over Ohio. Four. This is my home. I would prefer, I would rather, in my, for my life, I would rather live in Oregon than Ohio. I do my job pretty well every day. This, this mentality that guys don't want to play here, do you think anybody wants to live in Pittsburgh? That city's awful too. That city's not any good. It's Cleveland. It's the same exact city. But you want to play for the Steelers. Why? Because they win. Tradition. Esteemed franchise. We could be that, but you have to build it. And and before you can be that, you're going to have to get guys that come here that don't love the idea of playing here. Odell can be a headache. For sure he can. I'm not saying you do it no matter what. All I'm saying is, if your hesitation on Odell Beckham Jr. is, is because he's not going to enjoy Cleveland, they don't live here anyway. They rent penthouse apartments in Westlake, and they drive 25 minutes into the stadium. They're here a few months, and out of those few months, you're on the road for half of it. Pretending that these guys like post up in Strongsville and attend PTA meetings like the rest of us. And you know what I mean? Like the, To pretend that these guys live in these cities is crazy. You know what they're going to do? They're going to play football and then they're going to try to hang out with LeBron James. Like that's the about that's about the extent of what an NFL player is going to do in the Cleveland market. They don't live here. They don't care about living here. None of them care about your jersey, your franchise, your history of anything. They're in it for the money. They're in it for the accolades and they can get that. But you have to build a roster that's worthy of it otherwise you're always going to be the goddamn Cleveland Browns. You can't have it both ways. It can't be like, we need to get players and then tell me you're afraid. Dude, this is Browns fans, though. You're afraid because of how bad they've been for 20 years. It has you gun shy on doing anything. That's crazy. If you build it, they will come. More Stansbury shot at $1,000. And New Tour Tuesday is all next on Rock 106.9. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. I haven't heard a bunch of his music, so we'll take a listen to Sober. Oh, I know that I'll regret this when I'm sober. But every shot I'm getting closer, getting closer. Is it true that 80 proof is the reason I'm 
with you. I'm guessing oh, that's my... the Charlie Puth version. Yeah, or that's, verse or that's, portion. That's, that's Charlie Puth. He uh, he was really big. He had that. Uh, I know the name. Um, see you again song. Remember, oh, Paul yeah, yeah. Walker died, and it was like the biggest song in the country. That was so, him. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he he's he's got a hit on his hand. Yeah, that was a huge hit. I say 80 proof. I mean, like, I understand that's a, we're filling the blank, but wouldn't you go with like 100 proof, like at least to make you sound like a badass? 80's like the baseline of alcohol. Yeah, I was going to make the argument that more alcohol is 80% than, than, than or 80 proof than 100 proof. So right. maybe is that what he's doing? I guess. I, I, to me, it would just be like, well, dude, I want to sound like I'm cool. Like, I'm drinking 80 proof over here. Like, and okay. let's be honest, the rappers the, and the and the hip hop and the urbans, the dude, they like they like the 100. They 100. <laughs> they, 100. They like the 100. Oh, I know that I'll regret this when it's over. What was he laughing about there? He didn't even say anything funny. Um, dude, it's it's one of those things where it's like, dude, the, like guys in songs, and it's in every format, it's yes. in every songs where it's like guys got to like they gotta have to like like kickstart before like <laughs> they start the song. Like I gotta get myself ready to say this ridiculous thing, so I'll start by doing something ridiculous. Regret this when tomorrow comes With them drunk nights for more fun than sober ones With every shot they're like, oh, here Kobe comes But I got this bad trying to throw me buns If I listen to my unks, all the older ones They'll talk about karma, how slowly comes uh, But life is short, enjoy it while you're young Spend my bank account tonight and have to borrow funds It all started with a light glass Now I'm asking how long could tonight last Man, she had the air face, but a tight end If I had a shot less, then I might pass but I'm faded and I got a little sedated I can't believe we made it Every night we celebrated I live like Jim Morrison No telling where I take it I take it to my room and This I is the I will say about the white rappers now though Like The original Well The original white rappers are probably third base But If, if we're gonna go back to like What's his name? Vanilla Ice Okay Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say we've got a limited, a limited amount we're working with here. Well, third base to me is like the original white rapper. Third base, BC Boys preceded, but yeah, Eminem really. Or I'm sorry, uh, Vanilla Ice was really kind of somebody who. That's like the first, like you know, mass star, right? Um, You'd have to be a hip hop fan to know who third base is. And, but my point being is, when you put Vanilla Ice on, I knew he was white. You know what I mean? Like hearing it, I was like, yeah, that's a white dude. Like you kind of knew, and it was where. Like G Easy, like listening to this, I would have no clue. You think he's blacking it up a little bit? I don't bit know there? if he's blacking it up or if it's just the styles are all merging so far together that everybody sounds similar. The thing I'm gonna say about G Easy and the entire reason why I'm just kind of like, yeah, let me what, guess, dude. No t-shirt, black leather jacket, ripped oh, jeans. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. He's just trying to sound like Drake, and I understand why because Drake sells a bajillion, bajillion records, records. So I get it. But I'm, I was right. I'm looking at a photo of this kid right now, dude. He's half Fonzie, half Fifty Cent. Like that's exactly who G Easy is. It's almost like they used a Drake filter. I mean, it sounds that similar. Oh, I know that I regret 
Charlie Puth better, or better, better than I like the G Easy. Way better. I agree. So far, G Easy's a yawn fest. I slipped out with my ex and I smashed again. Stayed over, now she's about to get attached again. Walls built up around her, come crashing in. Passed out at 6 a.m., but she's up at 10. Doing this was not in my plan. She got up and saw in a trash can. Who bearing some left on my nightstand? Cussed me out and stormed off like, all right, then. On both sides, that was bad for him. Why do people do things that be bad for him? Say we done with these things, then we ask for him. When the sun comes down, then we transform. Yeah. You could probably bet this. By this time tomorrow, I'll probably regret this. Try, but it all falls down like Tetris. No telling where that gets us. Yeah. So what? This is all about. He slept with some chick. He was drunk when he did it. Yeah. Now, now he regrets it. I don't know if we necessarily need a song for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, well, I guess. Not only that, but dude, that's the chick's role is to regret the sex that you had when you were drunk, dude. Be a man. Guess this. Oh, I yeah. know that I regret this when I'm sober, but every shot I'm getting closer, getting closer. You regretted some drunk hiccups, right? All right, yeah. I was going to say, bro, don't even tell me you have it. Come Dude, on. I was looking to skirt that one by, dick. <laughs> Fantone over there with his magnifying glass. Like, let's examine this crazy thing Stansbury just said. Yeah, I probably regret everybody I've ever slept with, dude, my entire life. Except for the ones that happen to be listening right now. You, you were great, you yeah. Were, you were great. Yeah. You I liked a lot. Not enough for you to still be around, but I like you a lot. Shut up. I'm taking one of them to the zoo soon. <laughs> Is that the end? That's yeah, the that, end of it. That's yeah. the end of it. Yeah, uh, well, I'll do Nate to a tweet and says, I'll give you my vote. I'm giving G Easy and this song, The Gas Face. That's funny. He obviously knows who uh, who third base is. Fanto, give me the vote there. It's a turd. Um, like I said, the Charlie Puth part wasn't terrible, but like the verses were nothing special at all, and it just sounds like you're doing a Drake impression. So why not just have Drake do that song? And then you don't even need Charlie Puth. He can just go in there and do his own song. I don't want this part to be any longer than it has to be. I completely agree with everything Fantone just said. Turd. It's a turd. We'll take a listen to the new Willie Nelson. Also get you hooked up with those Honor Fighting Championship tickets after we give you this $1,000 right now for, for, for people to be let down. Right. Um, Norm McDonald is what has me kind of um, holding out that maybe it'll be good. He's normally really good. He was a huge part of the writing staff the first time that show Success was around. Um, and then Fantone said to me, he's like, dude, I kind of want to watch Dirty Work today. And I just don't remember that movie. It's great, dude. It's him. It's Artie Lang. And it was just in that time. Isn't Dave Chappelle in that? Uh, was Chappelle in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was. Um, it just it was just right in that perfect time of like, I don't know, 96, 97, 98, when like he, Norm MacDonald was just the king of comedy at that point. Like everything he, he was, was the doing. Man. And like all those SNL, you know, bits that he was in was great. And like, I don't know, between him and Artie in that movie, like it, it really was one of those 90s. These like classics, I feel that doesn't get enough credit. I uh, I don't remember it well enough to know. Chevy Chase was in it too. Yeah. He had a, he had a minor part in it. So like it, Don Rickles, Christopher it was, McDonald. It was. I mean, it's worth it's well worth checking out, dude. And I, it's one of those movies that stands up too. Like, is this the movie where they steal 
No, I'm mixing two movies up. That's why. So one of I think it was Artie Lang's dad needs like uh, some sort of medical procedure, and so they don't have the money to do it. So him and Norm McDonald they go around and they start doing like like let's say your girlfriend did you wrong, you could hire them to go do dirty work for you. You uh, know what dirty I mean? Deeds. You could you could you could hire. Are them. they done dirt sheet, Fanto? <laughs> you, could, you could hire them to go take care of your I, uh, dirty work. And honestly, dude, it's a really good movie. I am um, I'm mixing that movie up with the movie. Where Chappelle steals like that woman he works for, he steal, they steal their her dog, and they they hold the dog ransom. I'm mixing those two movies. Get them up. all, get them all mixed up. I'm there. getting them all mixed up there. But anyway, Roseanne back on TV tonight. <laughs> Norm Macdonald, he's funny. Norm Macdonald, <laughs> once upon a time, did some funny things. Actually, his stand up special on Netflix, it's called something something or whatever. And the only part I remember is Hitler's dog. <laughs> I think that's why he did that that way is because people he knew people would remember it. But dude, if you like Norm Macdonald, that stand up special on Netflix. Netflix was pretty funny. In the middle of New Turd Tuesday, uh, we already played you the new GEZ featuring Charlie Puth, Sober. We both voted turd on that. We have Willie Nelson for you now. This is new. It's called Me to You. I turn the sound down on my TV. Still sounds like him. Yeah. I just can't listen anymore. Like I'm in some foreign country That I've never seen before So I come down here to think about it What in the hell are we gonna do? Well, after all is said and all is done It's just me and you It's just me and you And we are definitely outnumbered There's more of them than us Just when you think you made a new friend They throw you under the bus what is this song about? I, I feel like I'm like I'm Who's missing. You under the bus? I'm missing something, and there's more of them than us. Well, who are we talking about here, Willie? I mean, is it just like I don't, I don't know? <laughs> I, do, uh, I do not know, dude. Willie's high, man. I mean, that's I mean, it's not an excuse, but that's what's happening. Just when you think you made a new friend, they throw you under the bus. Who's he talking? Like, who's with him then? Just me and you. I had a friend I used to talk to. We used to both sit on the fence. But anymore, I can't relate to him. Cause he ain't got a lick of sense. Like, is this a political song? I think. Yeah, I think what this is is like, yeah, like people who disagree with you. Is it the concept of like we're so divided and it's just me and you? I, I, I'm just, I'm just not keeping up with what he's trying to get across here. And we're in the same mind state right now as Willie <laughs> normally is. <laughs> we should be we able to, to get this sound. On the fence. But anymore, I can't relate to him. Cause he ain't got a lick of sense. He still does have a nice sounding voice. Guy's 85 years old, smoking smoking joints his entire life. Shh, dude, weed's bad for you. It's terrible for you. <laughs> All right. Shh. 
terrible. Look how much destruction it's caused. So much so that in every place where they legalize it, opiate addiction just drops dramatically. People in Colorado already getting their money back. Business booming all over everywhere that legalizes. There's absolutely been not one downside anywhere that's done it. Shh, marijuana's terrible, dude. Shh. Didn't you tell me there was some like big initiative in Colorado where they're paying for like homeless vets or something with weed money or something like that? Yeah, it turns out they're bringing in so much money with legalized marijuana, they're going to house homeless veterans with the excess money. But let's keep cutting off our nose to spite our face, America. Let's do that. Just ask you the question. But I'm the one I'm talking to. Now, when Willie was outlaw country and when it was, you know, I don't know, the 70s, 80s or whatever, and there was still a little bit sure. of a wholesome, you know, mentality when it came to country music, did they, everyone just kind of brush him smelling like weed to the side? It was just like, yeah, whatever. I kind of, I think it was one of those things where he was so good, people were like, yeah, whatever comes with Willie, we'll take it. Really? Yeah, because remember really? the other guy was like, he was the Oki from Muskogee who didn't like, you didn't go smoking reefer. Like that was like the big thing in country music. And I think it was just Willie's Willie and like, he's so good, we'll kind of tolerate. All right. I don't know. Because I can just imagine if one of these, and even nowadays, if one of these new bro country dudes came out as like, yo, man, I am the weed smoking bro country dude, I feel like country music's going to push back on that a little bit, right? Uh, I kind of feel like Chris Stapleton is that dude. Uh, okay. All right. I, and I guess maybe I put him in a little bit of a different category. Not so much forward with the weed though like he's not opposed to it i've seen a few interviews with him and it, i mean he, he talked about it but I, but it's not so much in his messaging and same way with eric church where i know he'll like give little like pushes towards oh, yeah. it, even the song smoke but like he's not willie nelson where it's like yo dude i smoke this weed, is my bruh. thing no yeah you're right the world has gone out of its mind Except for me and you. I think he's talking to his dog. Okay. I think he's talking to his dog. I think he's out on the porch. He's like, look at all these people. They're lunatics. Yeah, we are definitely outnumbered. Stansberry needs a dog. I do. Want some Willie Nelson weed? I don't know. One of the two. Give me a hunting mutt. I am buying a fishing pole. I am going to go. I, Rod, sorry. Rod. <laughs> Okay, all Rod. right, now we're, now we're just telling ourselves what we're doing. What are you buying a fishing pole for? No, dude, my buddy Dustin's getting me into fishing. Okay, you're going to be a big angler now. Yeah, dude, he's sick of trying to figure out golf. So it's like, dude, come on, man, this game, it's like, this game sucks, dude. Let's just go sit in the boat and drink beer. Oh, James writing in, and there is that song from Toby Keith, Weed with Willie, where he kind of talks about how he's never going to get high with Willie Nelson ever again because it was too much. Yeah, I uh, I remember hearing there stories. I, I mean, I think there's been plenty of like famous people who are like, man, I think Snoop Dogg came out and talked about how good Willie's weed was. Yeah, that just did because happen. you got to think too, like Willie had access to like the chronic well before most of us did. Where nowadays, dude, good weed is literally everywhere. Where like back in the day, I mean, I'm sure it was like, man, you got something something on another level. Yeah, right that, there. that's probably true. So it's just me, you? Hey, buddy. Yeah. Right, he's talking to his dog. That's what's happening. Yeah. It's just me. Dog's probably talking back to him. Willie says down. He's getting back to the original country, you know? Porch, dogs underneath it. Wife pulling out the camper, leaving you behind. Well, now I know why 
Jason Aldean makes songs that he makes. <laughs> now I totally know. Fanto, give me the vote on New Willie Nelson, me to you. <laughs> it's half a turn. Um, I, uh, I like harmonicas anytime that they really get going, and I kind of like the sound of that song, but I was just so confused by it. I just I guess I, I couldn't really relate to it, so I'm going to call it a half for that. Dude, you're just cranking up Butt Anyway by Blues Traveler on the way home every day. Dude, just- dude I mean, honestly, we're talking about the Roseanne, th- or the Roseanne remergence. Like, that you're right, song, yeah. Just wailing on that harmonica. <laughs> wailing on You're absolutely right. I uh, I actually really did like that first Blues Traveler album a lot, but anyway, it was a great song. All right. Um, so, wait, 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 no, 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 we're not oh. talking about Blues Traveler. We're talking about Willie Nelson, bro. What are you voting? Oh, yeah, that song sucked. That was a turd. It's a turd. Oh, that good. Uh, spoiler, next song, not a turd. I've actually heard it a bunch of times. I've been listening to it at the gym nonstop. It's Cobra and the Lotus, Trigger Pulse, next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here for Gervasi Vineyard and the Twisted Olive. Both locations are hosting a seasonal open house to hire for summer positions. Stop out for an on-the-spot interview during dedicated times in April. Find those dates and applications and more. And we still have those Honor Fighting Championship tickets. I want to thank Sherry for writing in and telling us that Chris Stapleton, as a matter of fact, has a song called Them Stems, which is about, uh, well, I guess smoking the stems of marijuana. She says she loves the song even though she doesn't smoke weed anymore. So, you know, you were asking, like, where is all the weed smoking, like, country artists? Don't smoke weed anymore. Don't smoke weed any less either, though. Right, Sherry? Dig. You know what I'm saying, girl. Dig. Or you played you the new G-Eazy featuring Charlie Puth. We both voted turd on that. We were split on the Willie Nelson, I believe. I felt like Phantom voted half a turd because he likes Willie's voice. I felt like the song was no good. Um, I've already given you my vote on this one. I picked it because of how much I like it, and I think every now and again I should use this platform, this segment, to turn you on to bands and songs maybe that you don't know of and that you might like. This was actually suggested to me, this band rather. Um, I had heard of them, did not listen to them a lot, but a listener of ours um, that I that – I, I'll communicate with back and forth pretty much every day. His name's Dwayne's good dude. And uh, he was like, dude, need you need to listen to Cobra and the Lotus. So I found uh, one of their songs off their last album, Prevail. They have a new one coming out in about two months. Um, but this song's called Trigger Pulse. They have a female lead singer, just to... the resistance dude of oh, course yeah. so you gotta fight against things you do
<laughs> you gotta get the elemental patterns. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, yes, for sure. As long as we got Obviously, she's a very good singer. She can sing her ass no, off. No, yes. no question about that. I feel like this song is missing a gruffer sound with it, where really? it's like, yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, like, she's obviously there to contrast like the heavier music with like the beauty and the melody. So you of want her a screamer voice. in here? Somewhere. I want, I want somebody else in there growling something. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's uh, you know, I didn't think about it, but that wouldn't be the worst idea ever. I can't believe like the bass player or something isn't in the background. You're right. Now, see, this is my knock right here. We were good right there. And the song right there? And the song right there. Okay. Like, dude, like, the, the, like this is one of these bands, and the, a lot of these rock, dude, they're a little Maiden-ish like this, where it's like, dude, Maiden was totally guilty of this, too. One of my favorite bands of all time. But, bro, we don't need six-minute songs. Oh, like, what are you doing? You can 100% hear the Iron Maiden influence oh, on this. Sure. I mean, it just, it's just almost comical. Oh, yeah, it's falling off of it. Um, But I, I bet you this is them and, and, you know, Iron Maiden probably in the same boat 30 years ago. Um, well, we don't want to write hit records. We want to write the songs we want to okay we'll just do the end the song in three minutes all, all right, right all right i guess if you want to be an opening act forever then yeah singer's good they're good man like it's hard to pull off but if you can do it it's so good 
There's Cobra and the Lotus. It's not necessarily new. Again, the album came out 2017. They have a new record coming out. I believe it's a month and a half, two months. Losing uh, is it Losing My Humanity will be the next single. We'll probably play you that one as that, as that album gets a little closer to coming out. I will tell you, I listened to their debut record, actually, 2010's when that came out the other day first. And then I listened to Prevail. The debut record's so really, really, really good, actually. That album was totally solid. Prevail was too. Fantone, give me your vote there on uh, Trigger Pulse. Not a turd! Um, I don't necessarily think like, man, that was the, the, the new sound because honestly, that was the sound from 30 years ago, but like it was a good sound. You know what I mean? Like I like Iron Maiden and I like that, you know, that anthetic, like, you know, that yeah, I love that stuff. Sure. So, like, yeah. nah, I'm not a turd. It's pretty good stuff. right? Yeah. There. Sherry again, writing back in and says, look, I, uh, you know, badass music, badass uh, vocals, but uh, it's like, what the hell with the lyrics? And it's, yeah, again, you, you know, my guy, you guys, you know, my take on lyrics. It's like, if I go back and uh, exile on main street by the Rolling Stones is one of the best records ever made. It's widely considered to be one of the best rock records ever. If I, if you read those liner notes and read those lyrics, it sounds like seventh grade poetry. It sounds like trash. But you add the guitars and everything, context and all that nuance, and then all of a sudden it's really good. Yeah, and dude, you, you are dust in the atmosphere or whatever the hell she was talking about. You do have to cover her in courage. <laughs> what else were you going to do there? Um, they have another song that I think you would really like called Gotham Phantom, so you may want right. to check that one out. Right. But I, I'm a big fan of Cobra and the Lotus. I'll be pushing that flag all the way up the hill. I, uh, I want to see big things happen for that band. Aside from that, we are done. However, you know, no, no, we're not. No, we're not. We, um, we do have tickets to pass out for the Honor Fighting Championships. That's this Saturday, Chaparral's Event Center, Akron. Fantone's going to be there. This is uh, this is MMA action. MMA, dude. There are 15 fights, four professional fights happening. Um, tickets still available at fighterticks.com, or we're going to be giving some away right now. And we'll be talking to uh, we'll be talking to somebody from the organization Friday at 9 o'clock on the program as well, but we'll pass out those tickets to Caller 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625. Aside from that, Teresa will get you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069.